You know, I was told several times, and uh, I wish they hadn't been true, they hadn't been right, when I moved to Missouri, that if you don't like the weather, wait, well, five or 15 minutes, I think is what I was told, and uh, this week has been something, hasn't it? I mean, it was like uh, a little over a week ago in the 70s, and then Monday we had tornadoes, and you, uh, pr- I hope you've been praying for and uh, seeking ways to help out the folks in Oak Grove and so many communities across our area. And then yesterday, the snows, it was, uh, it was crazy. It's like, you know, you don't have to wait 365 days here to have a whole year of seasons. Let's just have a week. And it's backwards, right? I mean, we had summer and then we had, uh, what, I guess spring and we didn't see any leaves fall, but fall was in there somewhere, and then we end with winter. It's kind of weird. But I, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot this week anyway, the change of seasons. You, you think about a person's life, and there's uh, some symmetry between uh, spring and summer and fall and winter. Uh, because this is a, a famous verse, at least for us preachers, uh, there was a sermon preached by Clarence McCartney who was a Presbyterian preacher in Pittsburgh, called Come Before Winter. The King James Version uh, translates 2 Timothy 4, 21 in that way. Come before winter. It's a really, I think, a, a pregnant phrase. It's something that, that sparks in me a lot of imagery. But this is the main thing it says to me, and, and I want to talk about with you today. It says to me that we should not delay the things that matter. We should not delay the things that really matter that we want to get done. It's human nature to procrastinate. It's human nature sometimes to focus on the urgent but trivial instead of the maybe not as glaringly important but the the, the things that are vital to life. And Paul, as he's here in this uh, this Roman prison cell, He's here and knowing he's in the last days of his life. For him, uh, winter is almost over. There would be a life to begin again, the eternal life. For him, he he knows that these things that matter are foremost in his mind. And he lays those out for for his protege, his uh, young son in the faith, uh, not literally but figuratively, Timothy. He gives to him the priorities that Timothy should have for his life. And so I want to share those with you by answering two questions about delay. What kind of things maybe should we delay? What kind of things would, should we not delay? Well, let's begin with the question, why should we not delay? Why should we not delay the things that, that Paul thinks really matters? And that'll be the second question, what should we not delay? But why should we not delay? The first reason I would say to you is windows close. Windows close. There's a sense of urgency, a sense of poignancy in Paul's words here. And I encourage you sometimes just to read the whole thing at one, you know, without me breaking it apart. Uh, But I'm going to show you different uh, verses and how they relate together. But I urge you to read it sometime this week all in one uh, piece and and see how it, it really, it's moving. It touches you. But with verse 9, he says, do your best. And this is an imperative form. It's, it's uh, commanded, has a sense of urgency. Do your best 
to come to me quickly. Paul understands that uh, Nero is now the Roman emperor, and, and Nero is regarded as somebody that's impulsive, as rash, and Nero's made clear that he uh, has no use for Christians because they pose a threat to uh, the, the established order. They uh, were blamed for the burning of Rome. And it, Paul understands and sees all that and, and knows that he doesn't have much time left. Do your best to come to me quickly. T- windows do close like that, don't they? Then down to verse 21, it says, do your best to get here before winter. That's the NIV version of come before winter. Do your best to get here before winter. So twice in this, these last verses, he says, do your best to get here. Do your best to come. Windows, they sh- come open and then they shut. There are windows of opportunity in all our lives. And who knows when those get uh, cut short. You see, the thing is, if, if every human life went according to the seasonal schedule, if you could understand every life as being the first 20 years of spring and then 20 to 40 is summer and then 40 to 60 is fall and then 60 to 80 and beyond is winter. If you, every, if you could count on that, maybe there wouldn't be quite such a sense of urgency. But windows close in a person's life, sometimes not along that schedule. People get cancer. People have accidents. That's a life window that can close unexpectedly, can close quickly. But even then, it's those windows of geographical proximity. It's those windows of of being with somebody in the same area or in the same company or in the same family. We so often take the people around us, the situation that we're in, we take it for granted. We think about what's on the other side of that fence, what looks greener over there, and don't realize that right here around us, God has brought us to this place for this time, for this season, and those windows don't stay open forever. Why should we not delay? Because we never know when the window will shut. Second reason I think we shouldn't delay is... is Life is short. It's kind of related to that one, what I was just talking about. But life is short. The scripture makes that clear in a lot of different places. In James chapter 4, it says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, uh, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while then vanishes. Instead, You ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Now, it can be kind of depressing, those verses. To me, uh, they give me a sense of knowing and and investing myself as wisely as I can. To me, it it says to me uh, that I I want to be in the sweet spot of the Lord's will. Uh, I've told you before, I I ask the Lord every day for me to get out of the way and, and for him to lead me. Uh, through the day, uh, to, for me to do the things he, he wants me to do. And I would encourage you to do that same thing, uh, to, to think about uh, the fact that this 24 hours you will not have again. And so to, to try to use that as, as wisely as, 
importantly as effectively as you can. Let the Lord, his priorities be first and foremost in your mind to use every day uh, to the best is, I think that this urgency that we should, we should why we should not delay. Uh, then you ask the question, what should we not delay? And here's where Paul spends the bulk of his teaching, the bulk of his instruction uh, to Timothy. I think the first thing we should not delay is relational investment. Relational investment. What do I mean by that? There are so many names in this passage, uh, personal names. It's, it's a very personal section of this letter. Uh, verses 9 through 12 read like this. Uh, Do your best to come to me quickly for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. In other words, uh, Demas uh, felt the material urge, the pull of the, the worldly pleasures, the worldly pursuits, and, and he has backslid. He's, he's left the, the pursuit of godliness, of serving Christ. He's gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And then later on, verses 19 through 21, greet Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus greets you, and so does Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. I so wish sometimes their names were Tom and Dick and Harry. <clears throat> but you see, he's talking about those, those connections, those investments, those uh, relationships with Christian brothers and sisters throughout all those different places. Some of them, it's not such positive talk because that happens, unfortunately, sometime. You know, it saddens me sometimes to think through the years of Christian people uh, that I've known, even people that were on fire for the Lord who, for whatever reason, are not involved in church or ministry anymore. And I always think, what, what could I have done to help that not to happen? And then I know that it's really a person's own will. Uh, only a person can, can stay close to the Lord or not. But having said that, it's perhaps natural to think about and to realize that we have these days to, to invest in the worldly pursuits, the worldly pleasures, or we have these days to invest in relationships and relationships and building the family of God, building the fellowship of Christian brothers and sisters. And you see here a very curious lesson, and I, I love it. That Paul talks about Mark there in verse 11. He says, go get Mark. If you know the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 15, uh, Paul and Barnabas were getting ready to go on another missionary journey, and, and they had a sharp disagreement about John, who was also called Mark, John Mark. Uh, Barnabas wanted to take Mark with him and, uh, on the journey, and, and Paul didn't. Paul uh, thought that, that Mark perhaps wouldn't be helpful or or maybe he wasn't mature enough, or for whatever reason, we don't really get all the details, but, but Paul doesn't really think that highly of Mark. And they split up. They go their separate ways. Now, you, you, you see here, though, 
a very important insight that over the 20 years between Acts chapter 15 and 2 Timothy chapter 4, a lot of time has gone past. And it seems to me that Paul had a change of heart. It seems to me that Paul understood that there should not be that division. There not, should not be that divide between Christian brothers. And sometime in those intervening 20 years, it seems that Paul and Mark were reconciled. They were brought back together. What that means to me, and what I hope it says to you is, that even if there are Christian people in your life, maybe related to you by blood, maybe just within the church family, and maybe even people that you're not in the same proximity with anymore, but there are Christian people that you're maybe estranged from, there can be reconciliation. There can be a coming back closer together. There, there can be a bringing that divide, a division back to a close. What's he say now about Mark? Mark's been very helpful to me in ministry. I think sometime how much useless energy is devoted to fulfilling, to sustaining grudges and division. I think sometime how much more powerful would the church be if we focused on what we're most alike and what unites us rather than what divides us. I think about Christian relationships. How much greater would our Christian witness and our families and our relationships be if we focused far more on what unites us than what divides us? You see, relational investment, that's something you don't delay. It's something where those windows are short, as I was talking about earlier, and it's something you need to do today. Focus on the people around you. Build and invest in those relationships. I think Paul would say to us if he was here today, what else should we not delay? Biblical study. Biblical study. Look what he says in verse 13. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus and Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Now, it blows my mind that Paul is in prison, but he's never done learning. He's never done studying. And Paul studied as a Pharisee. Uh, Paul, who's written a lot of the letters that will become uh, the sacred books of Scripture, Paul, who's walked hand in hand with the Holy Spirit, was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things. He knows that he still has more left to learn, more left to study. I'm telling you, part of our problem, I think, is we don't invest in, we don't prioritize uh, biblical study, meditation, uh, breaking apart the Scripture and learning more, is maybe we think we know what we need to know. Now, you and I would never say that out loud, but our actions give the true story. How much time do we spend in studying, in thinking about, in meditating on, and then applying the Word of God? Paul's in prison, and he needs a lot of things. But he says, bring me my scrolls, my study materials. 
What would you ask for if you'd left home without it? Whatever it is, what would you ask for somebody to bring you? Right? Third reason we sh- what we should and why- what we should not delay, or third uh, thing that we should not delay is Christian witness. Christian witness, verses sixteen and seventeen. At my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against him, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Listen, so that through me the message not, might not be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. What's he talking about? He's talking about how God helped him in this lion's den, if you will. God helped him to continue to be faithful to proclaim the word. Paul has lots of trouble. He's in a Roman prison cell, a jail cell, and all he can think about is how he wishes he could get the witness out more, how he wishes he could proclaim the truth, the gospel to more. That's an urgency, I think, that all of us would benefit from. You know, I was encouraged by our men's breakfast yesterday. Uh, we had several guys and uh, had a great time. But uh, the, we just kind of had a roundtable discussion. Uh, sometimes we have one person give their testimony. Yesterday, we kind of just had a free-flowing conversation. And, and a number of times, they didn't even know they were doing it, I don't think. The guys were saying uh, how they had had an opportunity to witness, to to be a, a witness to the gospel, a witness to Christ, uh, to somebody else. That's, uh, that is what it's about. How many windows do we get uh, to tell others about our faith and we choose instead to be silent? How many times do we have the opportunity to share our faith and, and for whatever reason, we're not so willing Stories told of three apprentice devils who were coming to earth for their first assignment. They met with Satan who asked them what strategy they planned to follow. The first one said, I will tell people that there's no God. That, said Satan, will not work because in their heart of hearts, they know there's a God. The second apprentice devil said, I will tell them that there's no hell. That won't work, Satan replied, because there's so much evil on earth, they know there must be a hell. The third apprentice devil thought for a moment and said, I will tell them that there is no hurry. Go, said Satan. Tell them that and you will ruin them by the millions. It is uh, this life that we have. Whatever time God gives us, we can choose to be an influence for good or for evil. We can choose to be an influence for God or to not be much of an influence at all. Paul understood that it, the time was short to share his love for the Lord, to share the gospel witness, and so he did that. And finally, what we should not delay is trusting God. We should not delay trusting God. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then verse 18, or 22, the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. What an amazing faith Paul had to be that close to God that as he's in a place where every day could be his last. And as I told you last week, tradition has it and that he was beheaded at the hand of Nero. But to have this 
strong faith and trust that God was going to take care of him. He wrote it in other places in his letters, right? That you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. He wrote those things and he lives them out. And here he says that I don't know what's going to come, but I trust God. Timothy, come before winter. Bring my parchments. Do your best to get here as quick as you can. But Timothy, I'll be all right. I'll be okay. And, and so today, what's he trying to say to us? What's he trying to say to you? I think it is this. I think it is to understand that much in life is uncertain. But if you're close to God or growing closer to God, if you're understanding that more and more as you live, the things that matter are the ways that you serve God and, and help bring others to God, that you minister to people in Jesus' name, then you have to allow him to come closer. Maybe today you've never made that commitment to become a Christian. I offer you that opportunity today and say that God's not going to force himself on you. Maybe today you've understood, you've been convicted that, that maybe you have been procrastinating, delaying things that, that matter, that you need to, to witness more, you need to, to serve more, you need to study more, or you need to invest more in the relationships around you, then you make that decision. God's not going to force that on you. It'd be better sometimes if he would, but that's not his way. I'll show you a painting. This is by Holman Hunt called Christ Waiting at the Door. And you know, a very p famous painting. And there's something that I want you to draw your attention to. You look at that door, what's missing? A door handle. So what's the message? That he's not going to barge in on you. We have to open the door. We have to allow him control. We have to allow his spirit to plan our days, to invest in people, to invest in his word, to invest in his ministry, to invest in his witness. I urge you not to delay what he's speaking to you today. I urge you to do that before winter. Fathers, we think about these things. Uh, I pray for us uh, that you have spoken to us and what you have spoken we will not forget. It's our nature for the next thing, the next new thing to grab our attention. We uh, all have attention deficit disorder in a way. I pray today that, uh, that you help us to focus. You've helped us to to think about, reflect on, and to prioritize what really matters. I pray we'll act on these decisions and we'll live them out through this week and into the future. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.